0: So glad to see you here this morning. I feel again, I don't have a typical standard sermon. I do have three things, three little passages of scripture I want us to look at. For the past three weeks, I've told you the importance of being here for these three weeks. And last week, as I told you, please don't miss today. And so we're thankful to see such a full house. And um, also, all of those who are gathering online who can't be with us for various reasons, we welcome you. And we're glad that you are with us today, and we pray that in your living room, your kitchen, or standing there in Walmart, that you are blessed. If you're at Walmart, we pray a special prayer for you, that you'll be blessed. Um, I am a pastor with a prophetic gifting, and when I take the spiritual gifts assessments every time, um, I come out a troubled person, strong in the prophetic, and a pastor's heart. And you have no idea the struggle that creates for me. Basically, I don't sleep on Saturday nights because the, it's like I have in the 400 children. I love you, but I, I, I want you to know the truth, and I want to stretch you. And so I covet your prayers, and today I come at this strategic time with a, a burning word in my heart that I feel like needs to resonate and shape us and build us up For this hour. Um, Our world is troubled. And um, I'm reminded. As I declare the truth. And the power of the truth this morning. I'm reminded of the little old lady. In North Georgia. Who heard somebody. Little widow heard someone in her kitchen. She went in. He didn't know she was there. And she realized someone was. Had broken into her house. And was robbing her. And she thought oh my lord. What do I do? And so she just quoted a Bible verse, and she said, repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Acts 2, 38, and the criminal, the robber just froze. She called the police, the police came, and that guy was still frozen, still in her kitchen. They put handcuffs around him and asked him, said, what made you? And still like a statue when she simply quoted that verse he said to the police officer what verse I thought she said she had an axe and two thirty-eight. <laughs> the power of the word amen today um, this was planned before this week's happenings. The title of my sermon is I Got the Power. (laughs) In Acts chapter 1 verses 4 through 8 Jesus says, do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about for John baptized with water but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they get... They gathered around him, the disciples, and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, these four words, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses, but you Will receive power. This is post-resurrection. The disciples had lived through the last six or seven weeks of their life was a blur. You think 2020's been tough for them? This was a difficult season that had turned cheerful and hopeful as after the resurrection, that weekend where they lost him, and when he was resurrected. What must have gone on in their hearts to see Jesus return? And the Bible says in the early part of Acts chapter 1 that with many convincing proofs, with evidence, Jesus had been with them for 40 days. And then he says to them, don't leave Jerusalem until you've received the gift. Everybody say the gift. The gift that my father has promised. And so the disciples were a little bit like you and me, or actually a whole lot. The Jewish people were under Roman oppression. They were subject to Caesar, to the lords who governed them. They were in their promised land but did not have freedom to live as the people of God. And they wanted out from under that oppression. We can't really relate to what it's like to live under a foreign power's control over us. Those of us Georgia Tech fans kind of can. It's kind of like being a yellow jacket in Georgia where the Bulldogs dominate temporarily. And every once in a while, God intervenes and we get a Georgia Tech victory. But you know what I'm saying. And so the disciples thought, I mean, you have to put yourself in their shoes. Jesus has been crucified, he died, he was resurrected, and they've spent the last almost six weeks with him. And then he starts telling them, don't leave until you receive the gift. And in their minds, they can't help themselves, and they say, is this the time? Are you you about to take over? It's now the time you're going to do away with Caesar and, and we're going to take the House and the Senate? Are you about to be elected king? This was a problem all throughout the Gospels. They didn't understand Jesus or his kingdom. They had been looking for a, a political leader, or more specifically, they'd been looking for a military leader. Over and over it says, and I read it just this week, John 6 verse 15 says, Jesus, knowing that they intended to make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. And so Jesus answered when they said, it's now the time we're going to take over and be delivered, Jesus says, no, I'm not about to take over in that way, but you, but But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit. I'm not getting ready to take over, but you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to begin to reign and you're going to experience freedom and liberty because of the gift that my Father has promised you. You will receive power. Power is critical. Can I get a witness? In our home, we lost power for about 30 hours. We already live in a barn in Cherokee County, not in Bradshaw Farms, in Hickory Flat, in a barn with no hot water. Thursday afternoon, when I finally took my first ice-cold shower, I got re-baptized in the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I got my prayer language three times again, stammering lips and everything. Here at the church, we had to have a special called staff meeting on Friday at 530 because we had no power. Every house adjacent to our property, every neighborhood around us had power, but Restoration Church didn't. And the name of my sermon on Sunday, November 1st is I Got the Power. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up. And so we met, and we had, I think there were four plans. If we, get, if we don't get power by Friday at 6, which we didn't have, if we get it by Saturday at 6, and we were going to be outside, because one thing we were not going to do this weekend is not get together as the body of Christ. And we said, Lord, if you would, maybe it's your will for us to be outside. We don't think it is, and I don't like it, and I have a better plan if that's your plan. And so we, we but we came up with all these plans, Because power is important. In our house, that's our house. We have a refrigerator. We have a shower. We have a hot water heater. We have a gas stove that we found out. If you don't have electricity, the little spark won't ignite it. And I got a bone to pick with the person that sold us that thing. But nevertheless, power is important. We, you, we have so many first world problems. This was a week of first world problems. We have a church building. It's located in a beautiful place. It's, it's got seats. It's got lobbies and bathrooms. But when it has no power, it really can't even function the way it was designed to function. And so for us, there are many And we've lived in a generation of Christianity in America where we have the stuff. We know the verses. We have Bibles. We have churches. But there's no current running through those places. And therefore, we are weakened at a time when Jesus said, you're worried about what's going to happen on Tuesday, November 3rd you're consumed with the latest fox and cnn and the polls and there is lots of deception and manipulation and lying and there might be cheating but you will receive power when the holy jesus what are we what should we do if donald trump wins but i don't know but you what if biden wins. You see, Jesus is more concerned about the church house than he is the white house because the white house with power and the church house with no power is a God-sized problem. And God problems can only be fixed by God. And God fixes his problems by putting his power in his church where the body of Christ is. Are y'all out there this morning? Jesus, he knew these disciples need power in the face of persecution, in the face of fear. In the face of a world that was not friendly to the message of the kingdom of Jesus, he knew, listen to me, he knew that they were going to need power. This is why in John 14, 15, 16, and 17, he would say things like this, it is going to be better when I go away. It's going, because the same things I'm doing, you're going to be able to do even more of them, you're going to be able to do even greater things. He said, right now I am with you, but when that comes, I will be in you. Jesus knew that if he ascends to be with the Father, I want you to think about this. He's been crucified. He's resurrected for 40 days. He's ministered along these disciples. It's right before he ascends and goes back to the Father. And the last thing he says, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. Let me tell you something. Do you think God is unaware that we need power in 2020? Do you think he has left us weak, dismayed? Over and over and over, we've looked at the last five or six weeks, and the word says, fret not, fear not, do not be alarmed. And this morning, he says, not to your pastor, not to your staff, not to the Pope in Rome, but he says, to you, Steve. He says, to you, Rick, to you, Nicole, but you will receive power. Everybody say this with me, but... I will receive power. Say it again. Now this is, hold on, this is a big but. But what will we do if the Democrats win? But I will receive power. What if the Republicans win? What if no, What if the looting, what if the rioting, what if this goes, what will happen? I'll tell you what's already happened. We have received Power from on high, from our Father. In the face of great persecution, common, ordinary, unschooled, uneducated, sketchy men, Jesus knew they were going to need some power. Now, the second thing I want to mention to you this morning comes from the very next chapter When this thing that Jesus predicted would happen, if they didn't leave Jerusalem, in Acts chapter 2, we see, listen to me, this is the birth of the church. The New Testament church finds its origin on this very day. The Bible says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. Can I pause just a second and say, um, I know some, there are people, and I say this respectfully, and with great sensitivity, there are people who go, I'm in a Pentecostal, some of y'all don't know, this is a Pentecostal church. <laughs> now you know, this cat is out of the bag. Um, and there are people that go, oh, don't, don't do any Facebook posts from this place. I don't want anybody to know I'm here. And Pentecost has become a, Satan, he, he um, hijacks phrases and words Just like Black Lives Matter. We all know Black Lives Matter. Amen? But Black Lives Matter has been hijacked. And it means something it doesn't mean anymore. And here we are. What does the word Pentecost mean? Snakes in church on Sunday mornings? No, it doesn't. It means 50th. That's all it means. 50 days after the Passover. What's the significance of this? It's 50 days after the Passover, and the Bible says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. Say those three words, with one accord. With one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I want to go back to this word. Some of you were here on Sunday, May 31st, when we spontaneously opened up, almost unannounced, back inside the building. And I, I talked about this term with one accord. Brothers and sisters, Holy Spirit, help me to communicate what you, are, what you are saying. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to be transformed, to be receptive to your word. And may it be, fall on good soil this morning, Lord, because our hearts are heavy. Our world is in turmoil. Our nation is in crisis. And if we've ever needed your, your word, we don't need my word. We don't need Chuck Ramsey's opinion. We need your word, Lord. Your word, your unadulterated, pure, your word that comes straight from you with integrity. This term, with one accord. The Greek word is homothumadon. And it's it's homo, thumadon, and it's the same root word that we get thermostat from. Homo thumadon, with one accord, it means to be in unity. One accord, the same mind. And listen, not only were they in the same mindset, but they were in the same place. Think about how difficult that is, has been for churches throughout 2020. Even if they can get in one mind, One homothumadon, most of them are not able to be in the same place. Homothumadon, these disciples, it speaks about they all had the same intensity, the same level of passion. Their minds, they were committed about following Jesus' orders, and all of them were willing to stay in Jerusalem until they had received power. They didn't realize it would be a week after Jesus said it, in this room something beautiful happens when the thermostats, the number on the thermostat and the temperature reading in the room is the same. You probably don't know this, but in this room there are five different thermostats. I don't know who designed the HVAC for this room, but there's one there, one there, there's one there, one there, and then there happens to be one Here. And oftentimes, I'm tight like this. I'll come in for no reason, just to, and that one will be on 72, and that one will be on 68, and that one will be off, and this one will be on 74, and this one will be here at 58, because the musicians (laughs) are musicians, you know what I'm saying? I'm just teasing, kind of. And, and, this one's working. This one's trying to do something to this room, and it can't get any believers to agree with it. Everybody's got a different idea of how Sister Jones sits over here and Sister Ramsey back here and Brother Smith up there, and, and there's no one mind, one accord. Homothumidon is a powerful concept of like-mindedness. It's a very, on May 31st, I talked about this. It's when, over in Athens, when it's 4th and 1, and people rush from the concession stand. The cheerleaders aren't cheering. They turn around. It's 4th and 1, late in the game, and everybody gets on the same page. Everybody has the same level of passion, intensity, intensity everybody's wanting Georgia we don't need 8 yards, 3 yards we just need 37 inches and everybody's dialed in and focused happens when musicians we talk about this when everybody's in the groove when the left hand of the keyboard and the bass and the kick drum are all hitting the same downbeat at the exact same time Something beautiful happens when people get in the groove together. Here's the deal: the church needs to be with one accord. Everybody needs to be on the at the same measure, on the same sheet, in the right key. It's fourth and one, brothers and sisters. There's no time for cheering. There's no time to go get a hot dog and a Coke. It's fourth and one. It's time for everybody to get. Listen, Don't you hate it when you're grinding, and people in your corner or in your department at your business, they're not grinding. Don't you hate that? Then you know a little bit of what it's like to be a pastor. I hate when my level of intensity is 11 out of 10. And the average believer is two and the ones with four and five are like, hey, I bet you love me, Pastor Chuck, because I'm I'm with you. Bro, you don't even know what with one accord is. Listen to me. Are y'all out there hearing what I'm saying? There is a trumpet sounding and it's time for the church to all get with one accord in the groove on the same sheet of music with the same level intensity. Why? Because when the church gets With one accord. In the church, you will start hearing sounds from heaven. And we'll realize how shallow our entertainment and our cheesy little praise bands and our cute little programs are. We need more than that. Don't just pick a play to run, it's fourth and one. We need the big boys in. preaching better than y'all are listening. Listen, on May 31st, there was about, we had been meeting outside through the month of May and um, we came in here and the Lord had spoke to me. There was a number of things God has said to me. Just listen, I I wanna just recount a little bit. In early March, the Lord said to me, The word exposure. And the Lord said, I'm exposing things. Good things and bad things. Listen to me. Some people are bewildered at what you're seeing in politics, business, the world, even the church. But you're seeing now what's always been there. And you need to see it. There's an exposure of bad things, an exposure of good things. And we need it. The second thing the Lord spoke to me was that we are entering a season of a spiritual world war. And what you're hearing right now is Satan is not good at losing. He never has been. He changes the rules. He throws a hissy fit. He is not good at losing. And listen, there is a spiritual world war going on. There are many nations that would love to see our nation fall right now while some don't want to see it but Jesus would say to you what I'm saying to you do not be alarmed it's been this way since he was crucified on the cross in fact it's been this way since the garden when Adam and Eve took of the apple we are victorious overcomers we fight from glory to glory there is a spiritual world war going on but it's fixed i t voted at the end we win so hang on a little bit when you see these things happening look up for your redemption draweth nigh come on somebody May 31st, we talked about homo, and I said this. This was the third thing the Lord put in my spirit. I speak prophetically to remind you. We probably had, I'm guessing, 125. There were a lot more people in our church, but there were about 125 people here that morning. It's our first time opening up. We hadn't announced or anything. We had a service on Saturday night. How many remember how sweet those services were on Saturday night out in the parking lot through the month of May? May. And then when we came in here, I said that what is about to happen is God is getting ready to get believers on the same, the thermostat that he has set by his spirit, the condition in the realm of the church, the remnant church, the people who are on the same page, willing to stay in Jerusalem until they receive the gift, God is beginning to, he's going to be getting people together who are, listen, like-minded, in the same groove, and we're going to begin to hear things from heaven. We're going to begin to see things in heaven released in our fellowship. We're going to begin to see God, listen, do the things that he did in the book of Acts, and we are going to see God make church irresistible anybody remember that what I when I said that little did we know all that that meant and what God was going to begin to do 2020 lockdown is the time where God has been getting people together in one accord people who are all wanting the same thing unity is a powerful thing homo is a powerful thing Genesis 11 the question isn't, could they have built a tower all the way to heaven? It scared God, to so he said, we we've got to confuse their language. They are so unified; they're about to build a man's effort to get. They are so unified in their man's effort; they're about to build a way to get to heaven. And he confused their language. In Psalm one thirty three, David, who inherited a divided kingdom. And saw God unite it to one kingdom again. In Psalm 133 it says, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. And here in Acts chapter 2, listen. When they were all with one accord, homothumadon, in one place, 11 times in the book of Acts, we see this word, this phrase, listen to me, with one accord the New Testament church, 11 times it says throughout the book of Acts, Acts 1:14, Acts 2, 1, which we just read, Acts 2, 46, it says they ate together regularly with one accord. Acts 4, 24, when Peter and John had been threatened and told to stop teaching and preaching in the name of Jesus, it says the church, listen, lifted up their voices in prayer and in worship with one accord. In Acts 5, verse 12, it says, Through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord. When a church is with one accord, all the people want the same thing. All the people are hungering for more of God. And when a church is with one accord, they begin to hear and see the things in heaven released. Psalm 133 says it like this, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is and listen to this description. This is speaking of Holy Spirit power and anointing. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down from the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. Do you understand? When the people are anointed, the way God uses the priest is beyond his capacity. There is an anointing that drips, and that is the power, the grace, the, the empowering of God, the way he uses spiritual leaders when people have the same homothumadon. Verse 3, it's as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For the there, I don't have time to explain it, but it says this in the last verse. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. Look, you'll relate to this. The message says it this way. When brothers dwell together in unity, at the end it says this in the message. That's where God commands the blessing, ordains eternal life. How many of you want to be a place where God is commanding that it be blessed? Come on. How many of you want to be in a church where life, spiritual life, is happening. Something's happening here in this body of believers. That's unusual and beautiful. What's drawing us together, Pastor Chuck? There are people who go, I don't care if it's a Baptist church, Pentecostal church, Presbyterian church, denominational, non-denominational, interdenominational. I just want to be where God is. There's a call in our in our community. Many of you are here visiting, and you intend to visit, and we welcome you. And when your church reopens, you may go back, and we bless that. There's others of you. You didn't mean to find us. You, didn't, you weren't looking for us. There's a holy rumble of what God's doing in our nation, and And some of you just got to a point where you said, we can't stay at home anymore, honey. Look, the kids are eating popsicles for breakfast when we're trying to worship with our church online. Anybody lose your salvation trying to get your children to watch me on Facebook? I lost my salvation trying to get my children to watch me on Facebook. Pre-recorded and all that stuff. And I thank God for social media. I thank God for FaceTime. We have a precious daughter, son-in-law, and granddaughter, most importantly, in Colorado Springs. I thank God for FaceTime. But how many of you know FaceTime doesn't even do it justice? I'd much rather have little Eliana right here than be able to call her anytime I want or her call me anytime she wants on FaceTime. Something's happened, and some of you have found this place and you've discovered something that you feel God is putting some sticky on it, and I want you to know, that's God, that's not us, because we don't have billboards out there. We, we're not that church that has that prime location. Some of you all don't know this, but years ago, this church was struggling to keep the doors open not too long ago, And there was a handful of people who all had the same spirit. They were in one accord, praying, holding this thing together. Several years ago, we began to pray. The balcony was empty, and it was way empty in here too. And we began to pray, and God began to move. We're like that little local yokel secret. Candace and I, a few years ago, we're out in... Riverside California for a conference and she went with me and we asked I asked her let's stay over a couple days and so at the end of the conference I asked the pastor's wife on a Sunday night I said we're from Atlanta and we don't want to do Santa Monica Hollywood where should we go and without even batting an eye she said have you ever been to Santa Barbara I said no but the way she said it told me that's where you need to take your bride and the next two days we went to what has become my favorite city in the U.S. Anybody here ever been to Santa Barbara, California? It's so awesome, it's sinful. And um, we loved it. I got to Santa Barbara. I looked around. I didn't go online. I didn't pull out the thing from the hotel. I said, where should we eat? This little busboy type dude said, he told, I can't remember the name, we went and in Santa Barbara had the best filet we have ever eaten. Anybody ever, have you learned the best stuff It's kind of a secret sometimes? Do you know where the best hamburger in all of Roswell, Georgia is? Rays. And they don't even know how to spell it. R-H-E-A, apostrophe S. And it's an Indian making cheeseburgers and putting them on sourdough bread that are so good, you will eat way more than you should. We had them last night, did we not? How many of y'all have not been blessed by Ray's Burgers yet? Looky here. It's over by Arby's, by the high school. In fact, Arby's is out of business. You can lease it because Ray's is next door. You will never hear Restoration Church. You'll never see us on a fa- on a billboard. We're not building a new campus. We're not multiplying campuses. We're praying and God is moving in this place. And in many of you, the Lord is has drawn you for such a time as this because you got hungry. And you know our world's in trouble. And God has got his spirit going out calling people, don't leave until you have received the gift. What is the gift? It's the power to be effective witnesses. That's what it is. Are y'all out there this morning? Pastor Chuck, one accord sounds like heaven, irresistible. That's what the New New Testament church was in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2 verse 47, it says this, they were enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their number daily. How many of you want that kind of church? That kind of church. Don't get nervous on me this morning. We're talking about the Bible. I want to skip to number three in just a second. but There's a couple things I want to say to you. Um, We, every year, have done the Daniel fast, and we fast for the first three weeks or so of the year, and this year was unique, and we felt a special calling to really press in. How many of you remember the series, First Things First, the First Things Principle? And We talked about giving the Lord, please hear me, brothers and sisters, the first part of this year. And I said, every year when I do this, I'll get into the year and there'll be things supernaturally that will happen. And the Lord will say to me, that happened in August, but it actually was, it happened in January. This year there were those who fasted not 21 days, but 40 days. Some liquid only. And in this church this year, We didn't know what 2020 was going to bring to us. But we gave the first part of this year to the Lord. And do you know what? I didn't get to August and the Lord say, this was actually planted in January. I finished my fast in February. And the world shut down a couple weeks later. March 15th, we had my mother's 87th birthday party at our house, and the world shut down. And since that day, the Lord has said, I've got you, I've got you, I've got you. We gave that time to the Lord, and while every church I know, and I have church consultants telling us 55%, 60% of people, That's all, that's the max of what people are getting. And many churches aren't open. And I don't mean this in a derogatory way. But I don't get that. In 2020, all that we're dealing with and we're not able to get in one place, in one accord, and God has had his hand on us. And he's got his hand on you. And you are right now sitting under a cloud Our church is no better, and I'm not pumping our church up over any other church. What I'm saying is, in 2020, God is wanting to fill his people with power so that they can be effective witnesses in such a season as this. Moving to close right here. The third passage of Scripture. That brings me to is this. Matthew chapter 16, verse 17 says, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell, or Hades, will not overcome it. Everybody look here. You know this story. It's a classic story. Jesus, it's the pinnacle of his earthly ministry and he looks at the disciples and he's, he wants a temperature check and he says, who, who do, what's the word on the street? Who do people think I am? And they say, some think you're John the Baptist, Elijah, one of the prophets, which is special company. And Jesus drilled down and he said, but who do, remember, who do you think I am? And Simon Peter said, I think you're the Christ the son of the living God. Please don't miss this. I'm about to drop a, a major spiritual bomb right here. And Jesus says, you didn't figure that out on your own. That, you didn't learn that in Sunday school. My father, you have a revelation. And he said, Simon, which means pebble. Simon, son of Joan. You are now Peter. The rock. And upon that kind of rhema understanding, revelation, listen to me. He's saying, now, Peter, I know who you are. Now that you know who I am, you are different. And upon that kind of revelation, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Listen to me. Church. The Greek word is ekklesia and it's the first time the disciples have heard it ecclesia and it's a legislative term they were fam- familiar with it but they never heard it used like that ecclesia was a group of elders or wise people who were at the gates of a city and they were kind of like the county commissioners or the city council and They would govern and make decisions that would legislate justice, real estate issues, marriage certificates. And Jesus says to them, You are now Peter, and upon that kind of faith, I will build my ecclesia. And my ecclesia, the gates of hell will not prevail. And he mentions next, and so I'm giving you the keys. To the kingdom because the gates, there's more than one gate that you're going to need a key for. And so we see in Ecclesia, and it's a legislative term, you even see it in Acts chapter 19 when it says the assembly, they made laws against the disciples, legislative, Legis- they, they governed, They rule. Jesus, it's a time for the church to understand who he is so that we will understand who we are and what our calling is to be the ecclesia. Jesus reaches in and grabs a common term and uses it for his followers to legislate. It's kind of like the referees on the football field, listen, at a time when there's one team trying to go this way and another team trying to go that way. And we have in our world a culture right now where there's some people trying to go this way and there's some people trying to go that way. But there's somebody on the field who has been given the authority to make the call, to legislate to even make the picture more complete when they don't know what the call really is. The NFL referees can make a phone call to the 300 uh, block of Park Avenue in New York City where Roger Goodell has set some governors there. And they can make a call and say, what do you think? And that person in New York, that referee can look at the replay and say, call is confirmed. It's a touchdown. And when they call to the referees, the referees go out on the field and there may be some big, fast, strong guys trying to go this way. There may be some big, fast, strong guys trying to go that way. When there's a little old man in black and white stripes who says, the call on the field is confirmed, touchdown. That's legislating. In a world where blacks wanna go this way, whites wanna go, that Republicans wanna go, and the media is lying and distorting everything. And somebody needs to call New York and ask what the one who sits on the throne, what is he legislating, what is he calling? Is the call on the field To be overturned or is it to be confirmed? Pastor Chuck, where are you going? Let me let me give you even one more picture. Are y'all out there? How many of you are thinking about maybe coming back next week? Good, because we need room anyhow. We're running out of space. Um you ever been to an embassy? An embassy, American embassies are in all kinds. I don't know what the number is, but they're in other countries. And an American embassy in the Middle East is a little bit of America a long way from America. And when you go to an American embassy, when you go on that embassy, that you're governed now by American laws. We are, we're in that embassy. There are ambassadors, agents who are ruling and governing on behalf of the White House. We are an embassy here in the earth. We are a little bit of heaven in the earth, a long way from heaven. And when the world gets distorted on the truth. When the world doesn't have a clear picture of heaven or the creator, our Father God, the world should be able to come into the church and get a picture of what thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I wonder if people stumble into the church, are they seeing A heavenly embassy in the earth. I want to tell you, I don't know what's getting ready to happen on Tuesday, but you will receive power. Pastor Chuck, that's not very encouraging. You will receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And if we can get with one accord, everybody on the same page, hungering for the same things, what God will do in here is greater than my talent or skill level or capacity or yours or anybody else's. If we can get in the groove wanting what Jesus said, don't leave until you've received that gift. That gift that makes the church, the church, the impetus, the the power of the Holy Spirit. It makes you, listen, makes you a fruitful believer and it makes us, an embassy of heaven. It makes us a place where there are sounds from heaven, things that happen in this room that heaven has ordered to happen. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? How many of you could just receive the word of the Lord this morning, what God is saying to you? I want you to just stand with me as we come before the Lord in prayer and we commit this season to him, I, I refuse to come and just stir up giddiness or cheerfulness when I think what's going on is so much deeper than what the average person is seeing right now. Listen, does anybody else see the exposure that's going on in the earth? Raise your hand. Does anybody else sense the the realm of the Spirit, the world, the war that's going on between darkness and light? Come on, raise your hand. Just look around. Does anybody sense the call of the Spirit that God wants to breathe on His church again and empower His church to do great things. Anybody else, come on. It starts with you. It starts with you. I want you to just hold your hands up as you guys prepare to lead us. We're gonna stand on the chief, the cornerstone that the builders rejected. Jesus' name. Breathe on us, Lord. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your spirit. We are sincere before you, Lord. There's a room full of people that they love you, Lord. We all want the same thing. We don't even care what cup it comes in. Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, independent. We stand here, Lord, in this hour, knowing that we've been called to legislate And in our prayers, we call out to you. And we're thankful that your word says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you want. It will be legislated. You said, if we have faith, we can pray and that our prayers will be answered in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. Everybody look here just a second. Um, Tuesday nights the prayer time around here is so sweet it's unbelievable yesterday morning with no power in the building we gathered in the lobby out there with candles and the sweetness of that time was remarkable do you know what we did? we prayed Lord let there be power let there be power Not just spiritual power, but tomorrow we claim current. And look at us. Look at God. We are called to be people of prayer. We are called to stand in the gap. Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. God answers prayer in a big way. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their sins, their wicked ways, he will hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and what? Heal our land. How many of you in the name of Jesus will just agree with me that whatever comes this way this week, God is sovereign. And we, I want to pray for us before we leave. We're going to pray over our nation There's a group of us in here this morning. Lord Jesus, we call out to you. We pray for America. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus against the division. We come against the the lying and manipulation, the deception, the distortion. We come against the fear. We come against the spiritual darkness. We come against the sickness of COVID and coronavirus and its politicization. We come against All the things that the enemy is stirring up to divide. We come against them in the name of Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that you would move upon the hearts of your people. Move upon the hearts of spiritual leaders, pastors, prophets, evangelists, denominational leaders, school teachers, principals, college presidents, provosts, professors. We pray, Father, upon the hearts of governors congressmen, senate. We pray upon our supreme court. We pray upon for every federal judge, every state judge. We pray, Lord, from San Diego, Lord, to Portland. We pray, Father God, from Maine, from Bangor, Maine, to the Keys of Florida. We pray in Alaska, in Honolulu, in Anchorage. We pray, Father, across the plains. We ask for you, Lord God, to intervene, We bring our nation before you, Lord, and we stand against the work of darkness. We stand against the desire of the enemy to divide and conquer and tear our land apart. We pray, Father, that you would bless this nation again. For your word says, for blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. We choose you, Lord. We repent. We return to you, Lord. And we pray, Father, that you would heal our land. Revive your church, oh God. Stir the hearts of your people, oh God. We ask, Father, for a New Testament wave, a wind of your spirit to breathe new life upon us, new understanding. Rame a word, Father God. Quicken us in the name of Jesus. And we pray that no weapon formed against this nation will prosper in the name of Jesus. We pray for protection over our president. We pray, Father, for protection upon every government leader that you would surround them with the heavenly host of angels and that you would protect them, Father, in the name of Jesus. We come against rebellion, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. We come against lawlessness and we ask for our state troopers, sheriffs, police officers, for every one of the agents that would enforce the laws of this land we pray for protection upon them father and we pray for a return to submission to authority we pray father against the sins of racism and the racial divide that you would heal our hearts O oh god that you would raise up a unified people who love you lord who love each other and who are standing in the gap loving people the way you love people In the name of Jesus. There's a host of people, I sense it in my spirit, that you you have yet to let go of this election process. There's a fear, and it's disguised itself as a political desire. I bet nearly everybody in this room could, I voted on Friday. You probably could guess who I voted for. But here's the deal. Honestly, we need to be delivered from we care more about what happens in the White House than what happens in this house. I'm going to say it again. I'm going on record. We need to care more about what happens here than what happens there. Pastor Chuck, do you care about what happens there? Did you hear my sermon last week? Yes. We're involved and we should be but we need God here not just there are y'all out there this morning yes. I, I want to speak peace over you and your mind well I don't know what I'll do if he loses and he wins peace in the 80's when Conservatives had the Reagan White House for eight years. What happened to the church? Corruption, immorality, national ministries. I was was studying for the ministry when all of that broke loose. What happened in the 90s when a liberal took the White House? Revival broke out in Toronto, in Brownsville, in Kansas City. Pastor Chuck, I knew you were, I knew you, I know what you're saying. No, you don't. What am I saying? Whether there's a liberal or a conservative or an independent in the White House, we worship the sovereign God. We are called to legislate the kingdom of God in the earth. We are the ambassadors, the agents of this embassy. And Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. Come on, if you're gonna praise him, praise him. We praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Am I concerned? I'm concerned, I'm concerned for our nation but I'm free, I have liberty in the spirit, and so do you. We're going to be okay. In fact, we're going to be real okay. I think there's a homo happening that's not just COVID related. It's not just 2020 related. It's not just presidential related. I think there is a like-mindedness of what God is doing That's getting his body ready for a great outpouring of his spirit. I believe that. I believe that what's to come is one of the finest hours of the church in my lifetime. Look at me. Listen. I thank God for 2020. Have you lost your mind? Yes. I've got his mind. I've let this mind be in me, which was all... Hold on. No clap. I'm not not talking for claps right now I want to put something in you we needed a stirring in North Atlanta type A big 401ks pride of life materialism trusting ourselves not desperate for the things of God we needed 2020 2020 now don't get me wrong, I can't wait to see the ball drop in the Big Apple on December 31st. I can't wait for 2021, but I thank God for what, what God is doing in the earth. I'm closer to Jesus than I was in 2019. Our church has more hunger for the things of God than we did in 2019. Are y'all out there? I want to tell you, this sun, next Sunday, I'm going to be right here. And I'm expecting the atmosphere of heaven in this place, regardless of who wins this election. We're going to worship the one who's in charge next Sunday. And I pray from this Sunday to next Sunday that you have no fear, that that tension, that stress, that I would love to respond to that post. Let it go. Seriously. Let, don't do it. Don't waste your time on earthly things. Am I preaching to anybody? This is the addendum. But I want us to be, if we get all caught up in that, if we get all caught up in that, we can't be the people of God. I voted already. Just vote, but pray. The people that march pro-life In all those rallies, and don't pray, they got their priorities out of place. Pray and vote. Pray and march. If you don't pray, don't vote, don't march. Y'all out there? All right, anybody free? Thank you, Lord. If you're with us this morning, it's your first time, thank you for being here. It's not always this heavy. It's usually heavier than this. But... This is, a, this is a crazy time, and it's an important Sunday. If you are with us for the first time, fill out one of the little welcome home cards. And at the end of the service, I'd love to get a chance just to say hello to you. And uh, my wife and I would love to meet you. After that, you can take it through the lobby and turn your card in out there. We have a nice gift for you. And we we really do appreciate you being here this morning. We we trust, I pray that you've been blessed as a result of being here. How many of y'all are, you're here this Sunday today and it's your first time with us? Would you hold your hand up? How awesome. Thank y'all for being here. Thank you guys. Thank you for being here. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance to you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Go in peace and freedom and spiritual liberty this week. God bless you all.